I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. So I began to be like, why is nothing working out? Like I'm sending all of this stuff out there. I'm putting out all of these chances for me to move to something else. Welcome back to Transform Your Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ryan Lehman, and I can't wait to jump into today's episode. But I just wanted to give a quick reminder that if you're finding these episodes beneficial, it would mean the world to me to drop a review wherever you're listening, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcast. Those reviews allow me to see the impact each episode is having to make sure I can keep them coming. Today, I have Allison Cohen with me. Allison is a life coach and a certified holistic health coach. She specializes in revealing limiting beliefs to help her clients achieve mental and physical freedom. Before starting her coaching business in 2023, Allison worked in private banking in New York City. Her background in banking and her time working at some of the top companies in finance gives her unique insight into the minds of high achievers and the subconscious blocks that prevent them from releasing stress and finding fulfillment. Allison's personal struggles with both physical and mental health, as well as her own transformation, are what brought her to this work. Welcome, Allison, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we have a ton of fantastic kind of questions we want to go through today. Honestly, I'd love to start with leaving corporate America. I think when we talked on the phone and connected, what interested me a lot was, first of all, how young you are to take this leap of leaving this crazy life of this corporate America in finance to go this different approach. And I would just love to hear like, what, where your mind was at and what allowed you to like make that shift? Because it, it's a hard shift to make. Totally. It's a very hard shift to make. And I think there's so many people that think about it and never do it because of how challenging it is mentally. There's so much of, especially for me personally, there was so much of my worth tied up in having that sort of a job and having that sort of a network and to it required a lot of work on myself to get to the point where I was okay with letting that go. And a lot of that also came from sort of the pain and discomfort that I felt like the level of that, that I felt. Um, and I, so I'll, I guess I'll go back basically to when I started my first intern in more of a sales wealth management role my junior year of college, but it was during COVID. So it was a very relaxed version of a finance type internship. So it went pretty smoothly. I liked it. Um, I decided I wanted to continue with that route. And then I began working in private banking right outside of college. And I started working full time in August. And I remember I had a mentor, a coach, a therapist that I worked with at the time. And I remember going to her in October and saying, I can't work this job anymore. So literally two months in, I knew this was not the right fit for me. And she said, make it a year, like just make it a year and then reevaluate. Wow. And I ended up staying for almost two years. Like I think it was a year and eight or nine months. Um, and but I knew, like I knew from the second that I started that this was no longer really aligned with me because from the time that I had interned in my junior year to the time that I started working, that's when I really had my sort of personal development journey, really got into spirituality, my wellness, healing myself, 
finding out who I truly was and what I truly wanted. And so it was very quickly that I recognized this is not like no longer aligned with me. So I ended up staying for that time. And it was like around, I would say eight or nine months in that I really began my journey to figure out what I wanted to do next. And this is something that I think is really important to recognize is that it's very important to not make a impulsive decision. The There was so much that I gained from staying in a job, despite all of the discomfort that I was feeling staying in that job for a long period of time, including being able to save up a ton of money. Um, something that I also think is so valuable about working in corporate America, beginning your career, is that you meet so many amazing people. And that's something I would never take back. Like I am so grateful for all of the people that I met during my time working in corporate. And I will say that to everyone and recommend to everyone, like it's a great place to start your career. It's okay if it doesn't feel right and you decide to move on. Um, and the other thing is that you you do learn so much because when you're an entrepreneur, I think there's so many people now just with social media and everything that think I want to go straight into content creation. I want to go straight into being an entrepreneur. And the truth is, is that you learn so much from other people and even just things as simple as like how to send an email correctly or how to follow up with a client or how to make a client feel like you value them and keep them coming back for more and how to make sales, things like that. You just don't learn in school. You learn through doing and you learn through watching people who are really good at it. So I'm very grateful for my time in corporate. Um, but once I sort of made that decision, like this isn't working for me and realizing this, it's just like that inner feeling of like, this does not feel aligned. This is not who I am. I went through a whole process of trying to figure out what that next step was. And I still remained in that job until I became really, really clear on what that was and how I could make that possible. So I first started looking within the company and was like, maybe it's the job that's not the issue. Maybe it's the location. Maybe I don't like New York. So I started to try to network to move, stay in the same role, but move to California was where I was looking. Um, and then that never really ended up working out. So I ended up looking for jobs that were still in finance, still corporate, but were more aligned with some of my values and passions, such as wellness, sustainability, personal development. I applied to a ton of those. None of those ended up working out. And I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. So I began to be like, why is nothing working out? Like I'm sending all of this stuff out there. I'm putting out all of these chances for me to move to something else in corporate. And while I was doing that, while I was applying to those jobs, I was recognizing I wasn't truly excited about them. It was more so a get me out of my current situation and less of like a, I'm excited about this. And so that's when I started to get really real with myself. And at this point I had moved back home. So I was saving a ton of money. I had, I had a lower cost of living because I was living with my parents and I was like, if I'm going to do this, like, this is the time. Like, everything has sort of conspired where I've saved all this money. I was sort of forced to move home um, due to some situations that happened when I was trying to move within New York City. Um, and I was like, maybe this is all happening for a reason. Maybe this is because I meant to try this out now. And so I decided that that was 
in my gut what I was being told to do. Um, and so it was something that was really, really scary to me and took a lot of, like I said, working through the mental part of realizing that you're going to have to do this all alone and you're going to have to figure out how to make this work. And also being young and running your own business, there's a lot of people who will question why you're doing it and if you're capable of doing it. And so also dealing with all, of, not just the limiting beliefs of myself, but the limiting beliefs of others, I felt like others may be putting on me or judging me for. So that was sort of my story. And it definitely is crazy and overwhelming to make that jump. But I think that when you know, you know that it's the right time. And I, again, I think it's really important to not make the impulsive decision, but to continue to feel out the options and stay in the current job, stay with that stable income until it's really, really clear to you, like this is what you're being called to do next. And you have the financial stability to do so. And you have the requirements, like a certification, for example, for doing coaching or something like that, that give you the ability to do that. Um, because once you make that step, you want to, f you want as much like stability and things that are telling you that it will work out and that it's, it will be okay as possible so that you don't end up going back to something that isn't serving you just because you feel so dysregulated and unsafe, whether it's like financially or mentally, like you haven't done the personal development work or you don't actually have the requirements needed to take that next step. So that's my journey. And that's sort of what I'd recommend to anybody else. Wow. Allison, thank you so much for allowing us to like dive deep into your story to under like understand like where you leaving corporate America fit into where you are today. Like that was honestly so incredible and so insightful. So thank you so much. I think a very specific part stuck out to me and it was this mentality of going to corporate America, which I definitely agree. I think there's a lot of value going into corporate America. And I think a lot of the listeners to this podcast are in that situation right now. And they're recognizing, hey, this is probably not the job for me, or maybe this is not where I want to be. And I think the problem stems from, okay, maybe I've tried looking at other places, but I just don't really know where I want to go. So it seems like you had this passion for wellness, which is fantastic. But I'm wondering where you, where you recommend someone to start looking or the actions they start taking if they have no idea what they even like to do. Like, how do you start that self-discovery process? Yeah, of course. So exactly what you were saying, I guess I just want to emphasize by saying it in a little bit of a different way, but the reason a lot of people don't take action towards their goals is because they lack clarity. It's not because they lack the capability to do so or to make those changes or to achieve those goals. So if you are in that sort of a situation where like, I know what my current situation is no longer serving me, but I don't know what the next action to take is it's because you don't understand you don't have that clarity that you need to feel confident in taking that next step so it really comes down to clarity and doing that work on yourself and getting really going deep within yourself and understanding what is it that I need to do next to be really aligned with my authentic self and that really comes down to uncovering who your authentic self is and that for me was the biggest game changer and the biggest transformation I saw in myself was when I did that work to discover who it was that I 
really was deep down. A lot of us are putting on these masks or these versions of ourselves that are very much so diluted with or sort of created from these limiting beliefs and fears we have about who we need to be in order to have our ment- uh, our emotional or physical needs met. So things like love, safety, acceptance, and they are things that we have many times learned in childhood. And so a lot of discovering who your authentic self is and who it is you truly are and what it is you truly want comes down to recognizing the ways that you aren't being your authentic self and the blocks that you actually have. So those limiting beliefs and fears that are blocking you from actually seeing that true self and then being that true self because those limiting beliefs and fears a lot of times are truly ruling our lives. And when we are put in situations that trigger them, it dysregulates our nervous system and it causes to sort of go into that survival mode. And that's what a lot of people, by the way, who are in corporate America, who aren't happy with where they are, that's their default mode. They're living in survival mode. And when you're constantly living in survival mode, you don't have the mental or emotional capacity to actually figure out who it is you are and what it is you want because you're so concerned with surviving. And so the more that you can do the work to uncover what those limiting beliefs and fears are that are sort of constantly being activated and truly like in the driver's seat of the actions you're taking and who you're showing up as, the more that you gain the capacity to go deeper within and discover who it is that you are. And it sort of begins to just show itself to you, the more that you actually have capacity to sit in the stillness and rest and just be quiet with yourself. Like that's the only time that you can access it. And if you're constantly go, 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 do, 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 create, 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 anything like that, you're never going to have that capacity or that space or that time or that energy to even look at that deeper stuff. So it really first comes down to like removing a lot of the actual blocks and limiting beliefs and fears that you have that aren't true to your authentic self so that you can uncover who that really is. And then that will help to give you the clarity that you need to begin to take action towards creating what it is you truly want and living that more authentic life and what I call a more like aligned life where you feel less of that stress and resistance and just unfulfillment in your daily life. Yeah, I love that. Defining your authentic self is a super interesting topic, at least for me, because it seems like that's that's the big blocker of where people stand. Because I've heard this before of if you can narrow down like your values and understand like maybe what you're what you really get driven for then it becomes like a bit easier. Can, you can get that clarity, which I love how you phrased before. So I'm curious, I know everybody's different, so you can't clearly have a one size fit all action plan. But for someone listening that maybe has this mentality of, okay, I feel like I'm at the point now where I want to have some sort of self-discovery. I, I'm all in on this. What are some tips that you can at least make, nudge them in the right direction? Is it a matter of, hey, sitting down, and writing out maybe the values that they stand for? Is it honestly just about sitting in silence every day for like a few minutes? Or I'm curious of like what you think to just push someone in the right right direction right now. 100%. Um, I think there are a lot of tools that can be great. And to your point, everybody's different and different things resonate differently and have a different impact on different people. 
For me personally, and what I see with a lot of my clients is that journaling is something that is very beneficial. A lot of the issue is that we are very much so in the head and the mind, which is very much so controlled by our ego. And the ego is really just a lot of those limiting beliefs and fears creeping in. And when you journal, you'll a lot of people recognize, especially if you're not used to writing, you're used to typing, it'll kind of feel a little painful because it's very slow. But that's the point is because your ego goes like a million miles a minute. Like this is what's wrong. This is what's scary. This is what's bad. And your soul, your authentic self is very calm and slow and grounded. And so writing stuff down allows you to access that more easily because like you were sort of just saying, it almost forces you to get a little bit more still and go a little bit more slow. And that's the point of it. So it really helps you sort of create that distinction between what's the mind and what is sort of the soul that's speaking to me or the authentic self that's speaking to me. So I find that to be really helpful. Um, I'm also not just saying this because I'm a coach, but I really recommend getting a mentor. That was how I did it. I worked with, I had this moment, my senior year of college, where just a lot of the things that I was tying my worth and my confidence to fell away because of COVID, honestly, was sort of the main reason for that. And I realized that my confidence and my self-worth and all of those things weren't really coming from within, but they were more so just attached to the things that I liked about what I had externally. And once those fell away, I was like, oh my gosh, who am I? Am I actually confident? Do I actually love myself? Do I actually, am I actually good do I actually like all the things that I'm doing and so I ended up I I went on Instagram and I looked for I'm I'm a very intuitive person that's part of why I think I'm a good coach as well because I can intuitively sort of pick up on things but intuitively I just knew that a regular therapist for me wasn't going to do it I was looking for something much deeper and so I went on Instagram and through a couple of the people who are into spirituality, personal development, I ended up finding this woman who was a spiritual coach slash therapist. And I started working with her. And she is truly the one who transformed my life. She is the one who helped me see who I really was deep within and that there wasn't actually anything wrong with me and that it was just about coming back to that version of myself. And working with her really it's hard It's hard to do that work and identify all those limiting beliefs and fears without another perspective and without another eye. And I think I could have done all of the right practices like meditating, journaling, listening to podcasts, all of those things. But I don't think I would have had that same level of transformation without having that second eye and someone confirming to me the things you're thinking aren't crazy, the things you're your beliefs aren't out of this world. There is a version of you who exists without these ruling your life. And seeing that before I could even see that is just something that's really invaluable. And so having that mentor and having that person to help you on that journey to me is like the number one thing that you can do. And it takes getting really serious about it because although I did have her to help me on the journey, it was an hour 
once every two weeks, once every month, once every three months. Um, and every single day in between the times that I would see her, I was also committed to the practice of getting to know myself and of working through the limiting beliefs and fears. So it's real it's really a combination of having that mentor and then including all of those tools, which for me was very much so. And what I do with my clients is definitely the meditation visualization, the journaling affirmations have been extremely helpful. Podcasts are always great. They sort of just expand your mind, personal development books as well. But to do that deeper work, I do think that having that coach or that therapist or that mentor to walk you through it is the most important and I still have coaches and mentors that I work with because I believe so deeply in the power of having that one that that support um, and two that second eye on what I'm saying and doing and what's actually going on beneath the surface yeah that makes a lot of sense I want to touch on the journaling aspect really quickly I've definitely heard about journaling before I've heard of like gratitude journals too, which I know there's different type of journaling. And I'm curious of what you, what you recommend someone to start with for journaling. Because to me, if I walk away from this podcast right now, I might take a journal and start writing about like what's happening throughout my day. And I'm not sure if that's the right thing. Cause I guess in my head, it's like, oh, this almost, and I know this is a toxic mindset. This is almost a waste of time. Like, why am I writing down what happened to the day? Because I lived it. And I know there's so many benefits to journaling and I'd love for you to explain like what someone should start with and, and why they should start there. Mm -hmm. I think the most beneficial thing that you could do, cause I totally see where you're coming from. Like, why am I just going to sit and write <laughs> down what happened throughout my day? I think it's gaining the skill set of understanding what are the things throughout the day that are revealing to me, the things that I still need to work on within myself. And so that a lot of times looks like when was I triggered throughout the day? So if say you had a meeting on the calendar and it got canceled and you felt yourself get really angry, but you tried to sort of suppress it and just get through the day, but you know, that's what threw your entire day off. That is signaling to you that you still have some work to do in terms of control, um, in terms of maybe scarcity mindset around timing it, it obviously completely depends on the person, but that, that emotional reaction and feeling triggered is showing you that there is work you can do or there's something that is trying to reveal more to you about yourself because otherwise you wouldn't have that emotional charge. So I think going throughout the day and being like, what are those three things that brought up some sort of emotion? It can also be a happy, positive emotion of like, I was so happy when I had my morning cup of coffee and realizing, you know, that's something I should keep incorporating into my day or consciously tap into every day to make sure that my day starts off on the right note. But it's really like, where are those like emotional charges throughout your day? And what are they revealing to you about yourself, I think can be a really great place to start in terms of journaling. Because otherwise, to your point, you end up just journaling about so many things, the important things almost get lost in the mix and you're like did I learn anything about myself all I did was sort of recount my day so I think that would be my recommendation for how to start journaling and beginning to tap in or beginning to use it as a tool to tap into understanding yourself better yeah 
That's so great. I mean, that definitely clarifies quite a lot, at least in my head, because it's like, why am I, why am I repeating my day on the, on the notepad? But the way you said it makes actually a lot of sense. I think that's, that's really important to do. So I want to touch base on the topic of burnout and stress. To me, that's a really important one because of how fast the world moves today and how, how many things that people take on on a daily basis. It's just, just insane, especially for people that are trying to stay or leave in corporate America, but also try to find out who they are and maybe balance some side hustles. Like it's just so much. And I think burnout and stress at this point is just inevitable to happen. So I'm curious how someone can one, if they're in this state of stress, how to kind of handle that and then ways to avoid being in this situation in the future. And of course, we'll always, there's always going to be stress. It's not going to be, joyfully in in your entire life, but how do you handle when you're in these situations? Yeah, of course. So stress is really just resistance. So resistance to what's showing up in your life. And so this is even a good journal prompt if you wanted to use it, but be like, what in my day brought up stress and what was I resisting in that moment that made me feel stressed? And when you view it in that way, I think it becomes a lot more clear to you what the next action steps you can take are to help alleviate it. So a lot of times the stress that's showing up in our lives is truly just the ways that we are sort of out of alignment with our authentic self. There's this great quote, I forget exactly what it was, but it was basically like, working hard for something you love is called passion and working hard for something you hate is called stress. And so it's typically not actually to do with the actions that you're taking or the amount of effort or work that you're putting in. Of course, there's always situations where you can be doing something you love and still overdoing it in terms of working. But a lot of times it actually has to do with what it is that you're doing and in what ways are you resisting that or is it not really aligned with who you are and what feels good to you and feels authentic to you. So a lot of times focusing on what ways am I sort of acting out of integrity with my authentic self can be really helpful, as well as what are the ways I'm resisting it. So a lot of us turn to control in order to feel safe or feel more empowered. But a lot of times the control is actually what's making us feel so stressed. Because if you sort of think about if, you know, that meeting that we just talked about, right? If that meeting got canceled and there was no emotional charge to it, you were able to just be like, okay, cool, next. Like there's no stress. It's it's an emotional reaction. It's more, it's within you and you sort of, it's that resistance to what was presenting itself to you at that moment. Like, this is not what I had anticipated. I want to be in control of what's happening this isn't what, um, this is making me have to change my day. It's like that sort of spiral. So the more that you can recognize where you're resisting exactly what's showing up for you, the more that you can sort of move beyond that and alleviate stress. So it's a lot of times it's really changing your mindset and mentality, as well as understanding what are those things that you're consistently engaging in that aren't really actually aligned with what feels authentic to you that can help alleviate a lot of that stress. Because to your point, stress is a little bit inevitable in this day and age. And, you know, life is, has its ups and downs and there are, there are always going to be, no matter what it is you're doing, um, 
there's always going to be those times where you feel stressed out or you feel anxious or you feel like you're being overworked. But if you're doing it in a way that is aligned with who you are and you try to sort of just accept that that's what's showing up right now and that maybe right now you need to put in that work and trusting that the work now will pay off soon and then you'll give yourself that break like alleviating yourself of the resistance that you're having to that work that's showing up or to that stressful meeting that is coming up or anything like that it's really that mental challenge of trying to just not have so much resistance to what's coming in um and I think that is sort of the key to helping you to alleviate a lot of that stress. And a lot of that comes from also just working through those limiting beliefs and fears around control, around safety, around feeling worthy so that you don't feel that need to always be go, 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 control, 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 mm -hmm. resist. I, I That example is super interesting to me. You can take the example of having a meeting and it get canceled and your brain can start pivoting into all these different hoops of, okay, if the meeting got canceled, then we needed to make sure we set priorities in that meeting. And now I don't have the priorities. And now if you're working on a project, that project might get delayed and you can keep going down hoop after hoop after hoop. And I like what you're saying of like, Hey, like this is going to happen. Like stuff, stuff's going to happen. Meetings are going to get canceled, but for you to not go from hop to hop and just like cut it at its limbs almost and just say, okay, let's just stop here. I feel like that's, that makes a lot of sense, but I'm wondering if you can, if you can recognize this, which I think is a, like you mentioned, it's a fantastic, like if you can do that, that's great. That means massive progress right there that you're in this space, but then how do you go from recognizing it to then being okay with it? I feel like both are massive progressions. And I think we, we've talked to, touched upon a few different ways and tools that you can help like recognize it, like journaling, self-discovery, like meditation, sitting in silence. After you can recognize it, not be as reactive, how do you go from that to being okay with it then? Mm -hmm. So a lot of, like I mentioned, the control and the overthinking and going down that path is really a survival strategy. Your your body feels like it's getting the signal that the situation you were just presented is unsafe to you and putting your body at threat. And this is something that is not true. Um, it's just the way that our bodies are sort of biologically wired based on how we operated thousands, millions of years ago when we were living as like hunter gatherers. So it's recognizing that the survival stress response a lot of times is sort of an outdated response. And also accepting that that is how our bodies work. And so how can you show your body that you're actually safe right now? So that that meeting getting canceled isn't actually threatening your safety and your chance of survival. And so for different people that can look very different, a lot of times it can be things like meditation, just breath work, tapping into the body and being like, okay, wait, I'm safe in my body right now. I'm, I'm alive. Nothing bad's happening. A really good one to do as well as like scanning the room and looking around and just seeing like the corporate floor and just being like, wait, <laughs> there's no lion coming at me on the 29th floor of this building. <laughs> like I'm okay. Um, it can also be journaling can also be like writing reasons. Okay. You're actually safe right now. 
this is an overreaction. It's going to be okay. Like allowing again, that space for like the soul authentic self to be speaking to you as opposed to the ego, because what's happening is that's all the ego mind coming in. Um, yeah. So definitely using like those tools for me to movement, getting outside, getting out in nature, walking can be really helpful, but it's really figuring out what is that tool that you can use to show yourself that you're safe in this moment and trying to get out of the head and into the body as much as possible. That's why things like going for a walk are helpful, meditation, breath work, because you're taking your attention out of your head and trying to move it into your body, which a lot of times can help you to signal, oh, you're actually safe. Your body's working. Okay. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. It's like getting inside your head that's so interesting to me because it sounds crazy but like it makes a lot of sense as you're saying it as you're like providing these these kind of like ways to map out how how we are thinking about it, why we think about it because it's just how we've evolved which makes a lot of sense i think something that i commonly hear and have questions on myself is we talk about getting our body in shape especially for the new year it's like let's go to the gym let's make sure we can work out and then there's a lot of talk about like meditation of like okay maybe we can start like exercising our mind that's becoming bigger and bigger which is awesome and i keep hearing spirituality i keep hearing it over and over again and i know you've mentioned it a few times and i'm so curious like where you think that plays a part in all this i know you've touched on a few different aspects of it but like why is it important why can't we just drop that aspect of it yeah, I think going back to a little bit of what we were just talking about of safety, it provides you with that safety and that knowing that you're sort of not alone in this, that one, it's that belief that we're all one, we're all connected, all of us humans. So there's so much, there's like an epidemic of loneliness these days, and it helps you connect back to the fact that you're not alone. We're all going through this human experience together, and that in and of itself provides you with a lot of safety and community as well. The spiritual community can be something that's really helpful in terms of just having those people that are supportive and loving and just having that sense of safety within that community, um, as well as the idea of like the universe and that higher power is always helping you. That for me was huge because something that was really, really big for me, and I think it's something that's very big for a lot of people is victim mentality, which is why is everything always happening to me? Why is like, why are these bad things happening to me? Why am I always the victim? And once I realized and began to sort of embody more of that mindset of everything is happening for me, even if I can't see it. And a lot of that had to come from the belief in something greater that was, you know, creating what I was witnessing in order to help me to get to where I needed to go. And so all of those things that I had struggled with, whether it was my gut issues, whether it was getting rejected by a school or a job or a person, whether it was getting a bad grade, like anything, I realized it was all sort of part of the plan and that there was this like higher power that was always supportive of me and that had my back and that in and of itself creates this sense of safety of 
Like, I'm not alone. This isn't all up to me. It allows you to take some of the pressure off yourself and just be like, I can put my best foot forward every day and trust that there's something else working behind the scenes that sees the good I'm doing, sees my intentions, and is going to help to get me there without me having to be so in control, putting so much pressure on myself, being so stressed out. It helps you just like lean back a little bit. And it truly because of that, one, it like alleviates a lot of that resistance to what's showing up in your life. And then two, as a result, it really helps decrease the level of stress I have found in my life because I was someone who was 100% a perfectionist. And my connection to spirituality helped me move beyond that because I realized that I would still be loved. I would, there would still be support. There would, it would still work out if I didn't show up perfectly because of this belief in a higher power and a higher purpose. And so that for me, I think is really why spirituality is beneficial because that level of safety and community and love, unconditional love that you can tap into when you dive into spirituality just helps alleviate so much of the stress of the day-to-day life. Yeah. And going back to, I think what you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, things happen for a reason. I love that because it kind of coincides with what everything that goes into what spirituality kind of is, because you're taking like the pressure off of you. And what's crazy to me is you have no idea what avenues can open for you, depending on how situations kind of prosper and show up in your life. And so thinking about worst case of a scenario that happens on a daily basis can just like haunt you for so long. And honestly, some of the worst things that happen in your life could be the biggest blessings and you have just no idea. Like it's so crazy to think about. And it's such a, it's such a warm way to kind of think about life. So I really, when you came on, I was like, I, I love that like right away. So I do want to make sure we get to the questions that we like to ask every guest on the show. So I'm going to start with, what do you think people take for granted the most in life, Allison? Yeah, I would say the simple things. I think there's so many things in our life that make us so happy or have the potential to make us so happy. But because we aren't consciously tapping into the happiness that they can provide, we're sort of missing out on them things for me personally like the sun like when I'm in the sun I'm just a happy person like if I could just sit in the sun all day I'd be the happiest person ever and it costs zero dollars to do that so things like that I think like something people can really do to start having that better mindset and just be overall happier and more grateful is making a list of your 10 favorite simple things and then as you're doing them daily or weekly, being conscious about tapping into the feelings and being really present with them can make such a big difference because we all have access to such beautiful, amazing things, even as simple as the sun that have the power to make us so happy. I love that. That's so great. Then the second one is what is one of the most important habits or routines that you have? I would say for me, it is movement. I think this is different for everybody, but I can tell that I'm a different person when I don't move first thing in the morning. So for me, like I know that that is my biggest stress reliever. It makes me feel like myself. It gets me back in touch with my body. It's truly what allowed me to find love for my body again. And 
it's something that's really a non-negotiable for me. And then lastly, what is the worst advice you've ever received? The worst advice, I don't know if it's advice or if it's a belief that I took on as a child from like adults in my life or from school or from TV, but it was the idea that if you sacrifice your happiness now, you'll be happier in the future. I really believe for a long time that if I just sacrificed my happiness and put my head down and worked really, really hard, that it would pay off. And I think getting into the real world and being at a job where I was still being forced to put my head down and just work really, really hard when to me that was supposed to be when it paid off, I realized that you have to choose to be happy. It doesn't just come. And I think it's also very much so related to the belief that in order to be successful, you have to be stressed. A lot of us believe that success the level of stress that you have correlates to the level of success that you will eventually have. And I think that's not necessarily true. Success comes with skill, intention, productivity, and it does not have to correlate to stress at all. So the more you can let go of that and just be intentional with one, choosing to be happy and two, being as productive. So using your energy as efficiently and intelligently as possible the more that you'll be able to succeed and be fulfilled at the same time, which in my opinion, fulfillment is true success, not just like success that's monetary or in terms of promotions or titles or anything like that. Such a great response. Like that, that's so awesome. And then Allison, I want to make sure I give some space and time for people to know how to connect with you. So let, let them know how I guess they can contact you or connect you or the best way to keep in touch. Yeah. So the main platform that I'm on is Instagram. You can find me at transform. It's transform with an E at the end underscore coaching. Um, that's where I post all my content. There's links to book a call with me. Um, there's links to some of my mini courses and other free resources. Um, that's definitely the best way to find me, see what I'm all about, get in contact with me. You can also find my website at transform-coaching.com, but I definitely recommend going on the Instagram because that's where you'll get more of a picture of what I do and how I can help you. That's so great. And also there's show notes for every episode. So for people that are interested, we'll make sure we drop those links in there so you can easily click on them. But Allison, it's been truly fantastic having you on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me.